Dirty Water Fantasy Podcast, but episode two from the new studio. Yeah, we've hit a double digits, Miles. We have. I know. I didn't really think that. Well, I. I mean, I did think that we were going to get this far, but I couldn't have imagined us getting this far. Yeah, yeah. It's been a ride. Double digits. Um, I hope you stay with us until we're at triple digits. That that'll be that'll be the day. That's that's grounds for celebration. We have to do something we big when that one when that one rolls around. Yeah, hundred percent. But um, you know, episode ten, we have a sick show in store. It, it, it's so it's much a, to talk about. It's a show that we weren't even planning on having yeah. originally when we yeah. when we created the content schedule. But um, like I said in the last episode, I was moving this the past couple of weeks. For those of you who don't know, moving in Boston is the absolute worst. Essentially, there's one day, there's essentially two days yeah. when everyone is moving. Lease Every lease in Boston, essentially, ends on August 31st, and every lease starts on September 1st. So, yes, you heard that correctly. If you are not blessed enough to have a friend whose apartment you can crash at, yeah. or if you're not blessed enough to be able to move in early to the new place, you are homeless for a night, because yeah. Boston landlords don't care about you um yeah that that's that's not what happened to me thankfully um we were able to move in early we moved from from brookline to cambridge and and now welcome miles yeah now i'm about a 10 15 minute walk from chandler co-host we're so cute yeah (laughs) yeah it was it was not it was strictly i'm not saying he moved over to cambridge for me and for the (laughs) podcast but that might have been a consideration. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So we, uh, you know, we we missed a lot of stuff. So we, much news. So much, and, and I feel like the last, like the, the two weeks leading up to that, when we were really on top of everything, mm-hmm. there just wasn't that much news. Yeah, it was pretty quiet. Like after the Cam Akers injury, there really was like two or three weeks of nothingness. Yeah. And then, of course, we, we take, take down the studio and everything happens. Yep. So. This episode is going to be here to give you all of those updates. If you, you know, have not been following the news, this is a really good way to get all of that information. And we'll also, of course, give you our thoughts on the the impact of those news for fantasy. Yep. Awesome. So let's jump right into it. Um, we're going to start with injury updates. And we're essentially starting from more or less more most impactful to least impactful so for fantasy so first update is that travis Etienne is out for the season with a midfoot liz frank injury i don't really understand how the what this injury is and how why he is out for the full year but that is what it is um disappointing because i think we are both pretty excited about Etienne, especially for the back half of the year um and this has big implications for the players around him yeah, I uh, really sad. This was a player who was getting a lot of hype, and seems like in our circle we were getting more and more excited about him. But again, Etienne's out for the year. Uh, still, still a relevant player from you know dynasty perspective. But very quickly to run through implications, James Robinson shot up my board massively. He was a player I was nervous about in the mid rounds, and he ended up I'm looking at my rankings right now at running back sixteen. So. 
that was a player that I was going to consider very, very easily in, and, com- and, and draft comfortably in like the late second, early third in that kind of that Chris Carson Montgomery tear. Yep, uh, yep I, I agree that he slotted into my RB17, actually, so right, Very close, right after yeah. you. Um, I think when we when this first broke and we talked about it, I probably overreacted just a little bit. I was very excited about J-Rob, and I was saying, you know, it might, might even crack my top 12. I've cooled down from that. I, I, I think that they are not going to use him in the same way that they did last year. He had, you know... His um, volume was beyond bell cow last year. Yeah, it was, it was abnormally high for running back usage. Yep. Like there were games where he was used 100% of yes. the running back snaps, yes. and, and that's just not going to happen again this year, especially with Carlos Hyde there. Yeah, and the quick reference point is like Dalvin and those bell cows get, generally speaking, two-thirds of, of snaps yeah. over the course of a yeah, game. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I think that... J-Rob is still, uh, like we just said, a very strong RB2. Very valuable. Um, so so very valuable. And, and if you are, had already drafted before this injury and you got him in the you know fifth or sixth round, that's an absolute <laughs> Lucky steal. you, yeah. Yep. Um, any impact for LaVisca to you? It's slight. I, I'm a little bit lower on... I, I like LaVisca. I'm a little bit lower on you, so I think I might defer to you on this one. The one quick note I will say here is... I mentioned this yesterday on our, our draft recap, but I threw a late dart on Carlos Hyde. Uh, we'll see. Carlos Hyde, as you said, gets touches kind of wherever he goes, and there is a little bit of a history here with Urban Meyer. So maybe he's used um, in that goal line work and, and becomes, again, I don't expect him to be something huge, but I think maybe outperforms his, whatever, 16th round, 15th round, undrafted ADP right now. Yeah, I, I really, really, really like LaVisca. Um, I just think that his upside is is so strong and so significant. Mm-hmm. Um, he, so, so essentially, I think that Urban Meyer has a history of using um, players in his schemes, of using a specific player in his scheme in the way that I think he was going to use ETN. So... so when he was coaching in the NCAA, um, Percy Harvin was on his team, yeah, and he averaged twenty four point one fantasy points per game in in whatever season that was. Okay, um, obviously, you know this is college, so you know if if he had been producing in, sure. in the NFL, that's that's how many points per game it would have been twenty four point one. Curtis Samuel, he did the same thing twenty five point two. LaVisca profiles very similarly to those players. Yeah, okay. And I think that originally he drafted um, Travis Etienne to be that guy. If you remember, the Jaguars really wanted Kadarius Toney. Mm-hmm. And I think he they would have drafted him for that role as well. So, you know, my point being, someone is likely to fill that role. Right. I think it's going to be LaVisca, but it, it might sort of be LaVisca and, and J-Rob at the same time. It's going to be tough to know. Right. Um, but I am really excited about both those players. And that role, just to clarify, being we're going to get the ball to that player yeah. in sort of whatever fashion we can, whether it's sweeps, whether it's short throws, screens, whatever kind of, right? Yep, exactly. Okay. The playmaker yes. type of role. Yep. Um, awesome. J.K. Dobbins out for the season with an ACL tear. Yes. I'm going to let you talk about this because you were the highest, I think, on J.K. Dobbins. Yeah, I like Dobbins. I, my, my comp for Dobbins before he got injured was Nick Chubb late. It was a, a pretty boring pick because similar to Chubb, J.K. lacks some of the receiving upside um, and just the volume there. Lamar is not showing a propensity to throw to his running backs out of the backfield. We think that short-range work goes to Mark Andrews generally. Um, but I just... 
I like the offense in general. I like the philosophy, and I think Dobbins is a talented player. So I had him as a in kind of what that same tier of where uh, where James Robinson ended up, like the low end, you know, mid to low end running back two that although I wasn't going to be really thrilled about putting in my lineup, I'd feel very comfortable on a week-to-week basis. Yeah, he. Uh, it sucks. You know, this is the nature of fantasy. It, people are going to get injured every single season. Mm-hmm. You know, this is a young, exciting player that, that we were, you know, excited to see what happens yeah. um, w- with his fantasy production this year, and we're not going to be able to see that this year. Thankfully, we have seen running backs bounce back after ACL tears. Yep. Adrian Peterson, Dalvin Cook come to mind. Yep. So maybe he is he does fall into that group, but um, obviously don't draft him this year. Maybe if you're in a keeper league and you want to employ the same ch- strategy that Chandler did, you draft him late. But um, where does this move Gus up for you? Gus, Gus Edwards. Yeah, Gus play. Edwards, um, who is nominally now the starting starting running back on, on Baltimore. He ended up in as, as 20, uh, running back 20 for me. So a little bit lower probably than I would have had JK. There is a talent gap there, but they, they seem to like Gus in that coaching staff. He got, I think, a nice quote in the past week or so of like, Gus is the guy. We think he can manage this workload. Um, I, there was always going to be a split between JK and Gus, perhaps a little bit more than I would have liked as a, as a JK supporter. So I think that that split might grow a little bit, but there's really not a very solid backup behind Edwards now. Justice Hill's been on that team for a long time, has really never seized the opportunity, and he's been given them. The one name I will throw out there as a kind of a late flyer is I think it's Tyson Williams yeah. has been getting some has been getting some buzz as the guy who beat out nominally Justice for that handcuff role. And again, the Baltimore has shown a willingness to. Not, it's not committee, but give their second running back some run. And if Tyson Williams blows up, he, he very well could outperform his you know, last-round undrafted ADP right now. Yeah, agreed. And, and he also a good dynasty target if you yes. have a deep roster, for yep. sure. I think you added him, didn't you? I did, yes. Yeah. He's on my team. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good um, deeper bench add. And um, it, you know, there's also the upside where he might end up being the pass catcher. We just said the Ravens don't throw to the running back very often, but they do occasionally. Yeah. Dobbins maybe would have caught 30 catches, 30 passes this year, something yep. something along those lines. Um, if those if that passing work goes to Tyson Williams rather than Gus Edwards, because Gus Edwards has never really caught passes in his career, yep. um, then Tyson Williams gets, you know, is, is going to be fairly valuable for fantasy. Yep. Um, but yeah, Gus Edwards also slotted into my RB20. Um comfortable drafting him as a later RB2. Awesome. Um, Next piece of news, um, Irv Smith, tight end for the Minnesota Vikings, is out for the year with a meniscus tear, or I should say expected to be out for the year. He, He got surgery to repair the tear, and the timetable for that is four to five months. So we expect him to miss the injury, uh, the, the whole season uh, with the injury. It's possible that he doesn't, but whatever. The Vikings did trade with the Jets for Chris Herndon to be their starting tight end. So this indicates to me that they do plan to use that position. They needed someone to backfill Irv. Um, where are, what are What's your reaction to this, and, and where are, do you feel comfortable drafting Herndon? Yeah, first of all, very sad for Irv, because this was one of my yeah. guys I was going to target as a late-round tight end option. Um, yeah, the Vikings believe in Herndon, evidently. I think end up being a fourth-rounder, which is which is pretty good draft capital for a player who has 
who had the talent on the Jets, but never did anything with the opportunity. And yes, Gase effect very possibly in, in full yeah. effect here. Um, I don't think I'm going to draft Herndon in any standard redraft leagues. He's probably just beyond the uh, the group of tight ends that I'll target. But, you know, we'll see. I think we'll have a pretty good indication here in the first couple of weeks of are the Vikings actually planning to use this position this year? Is, is Kirk going to target his tight end? Um, and if he is, then, you know, very possibly this becomes a relevant, a relevant player for your team. Yep, for sure. Um, yeah, I don't really have anything to add there. Michael Thomas, it, we sort of knew this, but Michael Thomas is officially missing the first five games of the season. You made a good note here that the Saints have a bye week six, so he's not actually back until week seven for your team, which is a lot of games to be missing yeah. um, for your fantasy roster. And, yep. you know, if, if you spend eighth round draft capital, I think is his ADP right now, you have to understand that this is a player who is not going to be helping your team and is going to be clogging your IR spot or your bench for the first seven weeks of the season. So keep that in mind. Um, and also, I think you and I are both fairly high on Marquez Callaway, who we expect to be the wide receiver one now for the Saints, at least for those seven first seven games, or yeah. first six games. Yeah, nothing to really add there. Um, the one thing I will say is my understanding with Thomas is that they expect Thomas to be healthy when he does come back. So this is not something that, it, as, as my understanding goes, is expected to linger into the rest of the season. It, it should be week seven. He will be a full go. Um, you know, and you can, and again, monitor it, of course, as we get to that point. But you should be able to play him in your roster starting week seven. Yeah, unless he requests a trade or something. <laughs> That's very possible as well, too, yeah. But we'll see. Sure. Um DeAndre Swift might not be ready for week one. This is a little concerning because if you're drafting him as your RB2, that means you will not have your RB2 for week one. And at that point, you can make the argument you might as well draft an RB2 who you can play week one. Yeah. Um, I I feel very comfortable with DeAndre Swift as my RB3 personally. Yeah, I would love that. But RB2, I would need to... If I do draft Swift as my RB2, I need to make sure that I have really solid RB depth after him. Yeah, I could see myself maybe taking Swift as like if I'm in the late third or something like that. If I think I'm going to be able to get a guy like... You know, maybe Gus is there as well too, in which case fine that's a really started solid for some to start um again you're giving up a lot of running back uh, sorry wide receiver capital if you're going to go four straight rbs to start the draft um but i i can't swift is a player i've just the vibes are not very good right now and and it's trending this in direction for the past couple weeks at this point yep agreed and, re- and yep. sorry one more note there take jamal williams in your drafts people like, oh, this yeah. is a player we're rising on in general, but also because as Swift goes down, Jamal Williams by by the nature of of the of the situation, his value increases. Yep, for sure. Tariq Cohen, running back for the Chicago Bears, will be out for the first six weeks of the regular season. My heart. I sort of. <laughs> yeah, that's your guy. That's your fantasy MVP. <laughs> Tariq's my guy. Everyone, everyone, make a note of that one, okay? I uh, I sort of talked about this yesterday when we reviewed our draft. Yep. I drafted David Montgomery as my RB2 because of this news. Um, I mo- it, it bumped Montgomery one spot ahead of Carson for me. Mm. I think that Tariq is definitely going to take some passes away from David Montgomery when he comes back, but for, for six weeks, if I can get the same volume that David Montgomery saw last year, sign me up. Yeah. Um, 
so that that's really my takeaway is David Montgomery gets a bump. One quick note here. Do you is there any worry or perhaps on the other side any interest in Damian Williams? Yeah, there there is some worry. Um and I think Damian Williams will take some volume from David Montgomery, but I do expect him to be the, the, the locked and loaded backup and I expect them to use Dave Montgomery as a bell cow the same way they did towards the end of the year last year. Yep, I think I agree with that take. Damian Williams was a player I did not end up on my roster, which I was a little sad about, but was drafting at, I think, my running back five probably spot yesterday in the uh, in our draft. Yeah, yeah. Damian Williams, I think, is a good later round target for sure. Yep. Um, Evan Ingram, tight end for the New York Giants, likely to miss week one. No major takeaway other than don't draft him probably. Yeah, this this offense in general right now is just one of the scariest going into the season. You yep. know, there's so many question marks. Trey Lance is um, expected to be out for week one with a finger injury, um, which would confirm Jimmy G as the starter for week one. This doesn't really change anything because I'm not worried about this injury long term. So if you were drafting Trey Lance, you should have already been drafting a you should have already been drafting Trey Lance knowing that he is not starting week one. Yep. And meaning if, you know, I think we're, we're both fine drafting Trey Lance late, just also have another quarterback on your team. Yeah. One of the rare exceptions where if you want to go get Lance and whatever ends up being a 12th rounder or something like that, go get a guy like it's, it's Fitzpatrick for you. A guy I've been looking at very late is like, is Jameis Winston at this point for me, pair, pair Lance with a a guy who, you know, is going to start in week one for sure. Adam Troutman suffered an ankle injury. Yep. Um, and there, we we weren't, but when we were prepping for this show, we tried to find some news. We couldn't really find anything. Um, so it's kind of ambiguous. Uh, essentially, we know that he avoided major injury, but we do not yet know what his status will be for week one. It's concerning. Yes. This is a guy we were high on, and, and I think... Um, we he has fallen on our draft on both of our draft boards because I don't really want to take that uncertainty. If I'm taking a late round tight end, you might as well take someone who you can start. Yeah, the, the I think the way I approach the situation with Troutman and similar players is if there is a unheard of guy or a, a younger guy or a, a no name really coming into the season, you know, going through the off season, going through camp, going through OTAs, who is getting hype if, if they are an unproven player they need to maintain that hype and that 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 buzz needs to grow progressively into the season with a guy like Troutman where yes the buzz was good early on but then he has this hiccup with with the injury and, and you know not his fault of course obviously it's it's super sad for him because it seemed like he was really angling for that starting tight end spot just these guys these kind of guys need that that those reps need that to build up that uh that relationship with their quarterbacks. So when something like this happens, I'm not fully out on Troutman. I think he is a fine, like late flyer to take, but I just can't at this point rationalize and, 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 and take him in a standard redraft where 12, maybe 13 or 14 tight ends should be off the board. I feel the same way. I do want to bring up the name Juwan Johnson. This is this might not be someone that you've heard about. Um, Juwan Johnson is a converted tight end. He's originally a wide receiver. The Saints converted him to tight end for their team. There seem it it's very possible that Juwan Johnson ends up being what we thought Adam Troutman would be. Yeah. The the essentially the the pass catching tight end for the Saints, which could turn into the 
number two or three option, receiving option on the team, assuming Kamara is the number one. Yep. Um, so just a name to keep an eye on. I don't think that you need to draft Juwan Johnson in redraft, but definitely a good dynasty ad and someone to keep your eye on for the waiver wire come, you know, waivers post week one. Yep. And as a reminder, Jameis loves his tight ends yep. too. So uh, again, a player, some of some other ones that we've mentioned where we should know pretty quickly one to two weeks if, if, if Juwan Johnson is going to be that person and worth uh, a waiver wire claim or some fab dollars. Yep. A few guys who are who were placed on IR and are missing the first three weeks of the season, T.Y. Hilton, Rashad Bateman, John Ross, and Nikhil Harry. Some of these got uh, the, the next set of guys are all healthy and expected to be good for week one. There were some concerns that they would not be during the preseason. So these guys are good for week one, we expect. Dak Prescott, quarterback for the uh, Cowboys. Um, Saquon Barkley has a strong pl- chance to play week one. But do you want to caveat that with he's likely to have a limited workload week one? So maybe perhaps a little bit less risky of a pick in in the first round of your drafts, but still some risk there. He has a limited workload. Saquon isn't really moving on my rankings. He's after those, I think he's, sorry, give me a second. Here's nine right now, and I don't think he's going to move before the season starts. Yep. Um, Carson Wentz and Quentin Nelson, we talked about how they had those foot surgeries. Um, they are both expected to be good to go week one, which is good news for all of the Colts. Yep. And then Kenny Galladay and Curtis Samuel, two wide receivers, also expected to be good to go week one. Um, any thoughts on any of that? Small bump to um, to Pittman. I think he's the Colts wide receiver we like with T.Y. being out and now Wentz and, and Nelson being healthy. I, I like Jacoby Myers as well, too, especially with... Another um, piece of news we're going to talk about in a second here, and that's increases a little bit with Nikhil also being out as well. Yep, fair enough. Um, and and I also am really rising on, on Pittman. Another year two wide receiver breakout. Yep. Um, cool. Next set of news is going to be roster cut, cuts and depth chart updates. So basically how teams have changed since in the last two weeks that we missed. Yep. Um, biggest piece of news, I think, is that Sony Michelle was traded to the Rams. Cam Akers... I think we disagree about this, but yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Cam Akers was... Um, is out. W- w- is out for the season. Yeah. Uh, he went down with an Achilles tear. Um, and we kind of... the Ram, We weren't sure if the Rams were going to replace him. They didn't for a while. We thought Daryl Henderson was going to be really, really solid. Um, then the Rams traded for Sony Michelle. You tell me your reaction to this. I, I don't have a strong reaction. Henderson, I think, might have moved down one or two spots in my RB rankings with this news. And again, there was in- more shifts as well, too, with some other injuries after that. Henderson finish is ended up in my rankings for the draft yesterday evening as running back 19. He's actually my keeper, so I didn't really have to worry about, about, uh, about drafting him. He's, he's my RB 22, for the record. So, yeah, I, I think... Before I get into the Sony's, what I think about Sony, the quote from McVeigh, I think last week or two weeks ago about about Henderson after the Sony trade happened was Henderson is is quote quote is still going to have a very big role. Yes, I understand that we've talked about you know what is it deciphering coach speak in the media and stuff like that. I think this is true in this case. Sony is. A at this point a, a, a veteran or a, a a player that has a lot of experience in the NFL. He's played in big games. He 
McVeigh played against Sony in the Super Bowl. His knees have already retired. <laughs> that's that's very possible as well too. I just I think they needed coverage um, for what should be a Super Bowl run for the Rams this season, and they understand that. Yes, if if your running back goes down or your second running back goes down and you don't have someone besides Xavier Jones on your roster, like you are in very, very big trouble. Yeah, and let me butt in real quick. Xavier Jones was cut because of an injury. Right. Um, and so we I think that that actually happened right after the Sony trade, but they might have known that they were planning to do that. I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, to your point depth is is something that they were focusing on clearly and i think that's what this is i I, like i said i did not move henderson if you want to take a a late shot on sony in the case that he does have a role in this offense be my guest we've talked about this plenty of times already this is a roster that you an offense that you want to attach yourself to from a fantasy roster standpoint um but i'm just i'm a believer in henderson the other argument for henderson is henderson's a really good running back as well too yes it's a downgrade from acres we think is super super talented but I like Henderson. He did a lot with his opportunities last year, and I think it's going to be the case this year as well. Yeah, so I, I think, so Ian... Um, yes, Ian we is, are the is, primary antagonists on, on this argument. Well, so I think that I fall somewhere between you and, and Ian. Um, Ian basically thinks that Sony is is probably going to be better for fantasy. Is that is that what he thinks? It's It seems like it, or if not, he thinks Sony will have a very, very large role. Yeah. Um, I'm somewhere between you two, where I definitely think Sony is going to be a problem for Daryl Henderson. Um, I think Sony might get some goal line work. He might even he might even get some pass catching work. Um, but I still feel comfortable with Daryl Henderson as one of the last RB two options off the board. Um, I don't really think that Sony is great. Like I, I think that he's pretty washed, and his best years are behind him. Like I said, I think his knees have already retired. But to me, um, I'm a little concerned by the Rams' actions towards Daryl Henderson. They had him on their team for a full year and didn't really use him. That was his rookie season. Granted, that was Todd Gurley was still there, so you know, there's there's that's the caveat. Then they drafted Cam Akers to be their starter and instead of Daryl Henderson. Um, Cam Akers goes down after a season, and then they trade for Sony Michelle. So clearly, they don't feel super confident with Daryl Henderson as their only running back there. Um, we talked about it before, you know, follow a team's moves to understand what they want to do. So I think that the truth lies somewhere between those two takes that Daryl Henderson is still going to be really good, and Sonny Michelle doesn't mean anything. And the the opposite side, where Sonny Michelle is going to be the starter, the truth is probably somewhere in between those. Um, it we'll wait and see. I think Daryl Henderson, you can still draft in maybe the, the late fourth, fifth round, and Sonny Michelle, like you said, is a really good later round flyer. One final note there: I am significantly more worried about the goal line than I am the passing. The passing work. I don't really understand the argument for Sony being a threat to Henderson's reception volume sony came into the league in 2018 he has combined since then for 40 targets in in three years his target totals are 11 20 and 9 starting in 2018 and yes james white has that role and has always had that role in in new england but 
it's not like Sony came in, and, and Sony, I think, was a pretty high draft pick as well, too. Um, yeah, I think he was a better pass catcher in college, if I'm not mistaken, than in the NFL. Right, but I, I guess my point there being is Sony did not come in and threaten for that work with right. with with the Patriots. If if I was really worried about about that, I would you know I'd have looked at Sony's history, and he would have come in and some of that receiving work that was going to James White and has always been going to James White would have shifted to him, and that has not happened. Speaking of the New England Patriots, they did release quarterback Cam Newton. This came as a huge surprise, um, and this does make Mac Jones, rookie quarterback from Alabama, the starting quarterback for the for the Patriots. What's your What was your reaction initially, um, and, and how does this affect the Patriots' weapons? For, for fantasy, of course. First off, smart move by the Patriots to release Cam if Jones is going to be the starter. Don't give Jones a locker room if it's going to be his team. Um, from a fantasy standpoint, this is a bump to pretty much every player on on New England. The the single biggest riser has to be Damian Harris because the issue with Harris was always going to be that Cam was going to steal touchdowns on the goal line. That it, Mac Jones is is absolutely not that kind of player. He should he will and should turn the turn around and hand the ball off to Harris, maybe even Ramondre Stevenson sometimes to let them punch it in from you know within the two yard line. I just mentioned this briefly, but I like Jacoby Myers. I think his skill set really matches up a lot better with Mac Jones. Is a bit more of a technical, you know, target good, you know, good accuracy, good accuracy player as a pair, as you know, kind of compared to Cam, who is a little bit more of a of a of a big arm. Um, yeah, those are kind of my guys, and I think although I'm not really in on either of these players, probably a small bump also to the tight ends in uh, in Johnu and Hunter Henry as well. Yeah, the the pass catchers and someone in New England will be valuable. One at least one of the yeah. pass catchers. I just don't really know who it's going to be. Yes, that's the issue. We talked about last night. Like I'm higher on Nelson Aguilar than Jacoby Myers. You you're higher on Jacoby. I'm higher on Hunter Henry of the two tight ends. Are you higher on Johnu? Uh, I'm slightly higher on Johnny. Yes. And some people, you know, some people are, if you're not like the point is there's so much ambiguity there that I'm willing to not draft anyone and just wait and see and pick people up off of waivers or trade if necessary. Yeah, that's possible. But these are also guys you don't have to invest a whole lot of draft capital in either. Yep. Some more quarterbacks competitions have been closed. Um, James Winston is the starter for the New Orleans Saints. Um, I took a big fat L on this one. I've been singing Taysom Hill's praises the entire offseason, and I was wrong. Jameis is the starter. Um, <laughs> Taysom Hill is no longer my QB9. Um, <laughs> I, I will say I am not... Hashtag analysis. I will say I am not as high on Jameis as I would have been Taysom um, because he doesn't have the rushing work, and I don't love Jameis's weapons here, but... I, I like Jameis the player. I think that he's a solid quarterback, and I think, um, you know, Sean Payton can groom him into probably a much more disciplined quarterback than he has been historically. Jameis is my quarterback in 19, so I'm certainly not saying draft him in a standard 12-team redraft, but I I have no clue where where, where Hill would have been. I don't think he even ever ranked Hill, because I, if you remember on that... Um, in preparing for the the mock trial show, I had I didn't have Taysom Hill ranked because I thought right. James was going to be the starter. Um, the biggest single bump here is for is for Marquez Callaway, who I don't want to talk about too much because we'll get into it in a little bit here. Um, I think this offense functions better with James as uh, as the quarterback, and I think it's just a bump across the board, generally speaking. Yep. 
Um, Teddy Bridgewater is the starter for the Denver Broncos. RIP Drew Locke. I mean, I think that the Broncos made the right decision here, but um, this was a huge bump to Jerry Judy for me. Yeah, me too. Right. And, yeah. a, and a relative downgrade a little bit for Sutton. Yeah, exactly. Um, Teddy, we think of as maybe a, a shorter yardage quarterback than Drew Locke is, um, which is why we like Judy, who's an elite route runner. Noah Fant maybe gets a slight bump. Whoever catches passes between Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams, I'm hoping Javante Williams um, gets maybe a slight bump. But overall, I think this is good for the Broncos. I think so, too. And this is, I think I mentioned this when we were texting back and forth when this news broke, that I think this is a pretty good indication that the Broncos are going to try and go get another quarterback next year. Yep, I agree. Um, Andy Dalton confirmed to be the Bears starter. We expected this, but um, just know if you're drafting Justin Fields, he will not be starting. And this doesn't really change anything else for me because I was always planning on Dalton being the starter. Yeah, and Dalton's an upgrade as, with, as over what they've had the past couple seasons too. So a little disappointing because I think we think Fields will be the, the quarterback that will make that offense go better, but you just got to be patient with that one. Yep. Um, this was the most shocking news of the entire offseason. Trevor Lawrence is actually the starting quarterback for the ja- Jacksonville Jaguars. Did Garner, you, did Garner, you know that? Garner Minshew can finally poop. Good for him. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. and Gardner was traded to the Eagles, uh, I guess, to back Jalen Hurts up. Um, so it is fully Trevor Lawrence's locker room, which we knew the entire offseason. Garner Minshew should have been traded to the Bills. What a perfect backup quarterback for the Bills. <laughs> Why do you say that? He's just a party party animal. You feel like he's a, a come on. You know the mafia would absolutely yeah, you feel love like he's Gardner Minshew. He's a mafia member. Yeah, of course. He could be. Um, he could be like the Eagles. Kind of have that gritty fan base too, though. Yeah, but they're sad though as well. Yeah. <laughs> True. Um, like us, by the way. There not was a, some, that's not a shot at the Eagles. There was the some like cycle where like there was something where like. Because Nick Foles was on the Eagles and the Jaguars, right. and I, I can't right. do it the math in my head, but there was something that was like, therefore, Gardner Minshew is the best or whatever. Right. right. Um, cool. Deshaun Watson, there's no like hard news here, but he's all but confirmed to not start for the Texans. There was some uh, headline that said that the Texans are willing to just have him on the 53-man roster and never play him this season. So... I would not, don't expect to see Deshaun Watson this year, I think is the takeaway. Yeah, that tracks with what the Texans are trying to do, which is be the worst football team possibly in the history of the NFL. <laughs> so, I mean, that, you know, they get to use a roster spot and get zero value from it. So, good, good for them, I guess. <laughs> Commit to the take. Right. And also pay his salary. Yeah, which is substantial. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, I mean, this doesn't really change anything for me because I was expecting Tyrod to be the starter. Tyrod Taylor is the starting quarterback, by the way. I feel like we haven't even mentioned that once. Um, Tyrod Taylor is the starting quarterback. Tyrod is is probably a more capable quarterback than most people give him credit for, but he's not great. Um, I'm fine with Cooks in the seventh round or wherever you're getting him. Um, Other than that, I'm I'm pretty much out on the Texans. I I think I have Cooks a little bit lower than you. If you want to take a shot as your four, I guess that would be probably... Um, I guess I'm okay with it, but there's other players around him that I would much rather have. than. I just I don't have a lot of confidence in Tyrod. Yeah, fair enough. Um, the Lions dropped Brashad Perryman, wide receiver. Um, Brashad Perryman then signed with the Bears, but this pretty much confirms Tyrell Williams is the wide receiver one for the Lions, at least to start the season. And we talked about it in, in all my cases for Hawkinson. I've mentioned that the Lions have a ton of vacated targets. 
Um, I think that a lot of those will go to Hawkinson, but not all of them. Whoever the wide receiver one is, is going to have value for this team. It's going to be Tyrell Williams, and I, I think that he's a really good late-round target. I took him in the draft last night. Yeah. Um, I think that he could easily be a wide receiver three for fantasy this year. I think so. T- I, yeah, I think... It, the only thing I would want to monitor there is they seem to like uh, Amon St. Ra, I think is his name, uh, right? Amon, Amon Ra St. Brown. <laughs> Amon Ra St. Brown. Messed that one up. Um, <laughs> you mentioned last night that he, that sounds like a Yu-Gi-Oh character. Yeah, it does. Um, that's, a good, that's a good nickname, Yu-Gi-Oh. Can we just call him Yu-Gi-Oh? Yu-Gi-Oh? Yeah, sure. Yu-Gi-Oh. Uh, we, I've, been, I've been talking to Chandler about how I we want to more, have more player more names. names. So, Are we going to mention Yu-Gi-Oh a lot in the podcast? Probably not. That's okay. We'll bring him up. <laughs> we can just call him Yu-Gi-Oh. All right, that's fine. Okay. All right, so I, I, they, Yu-Gi-Oh is a talented, is a talented player. Like, they they seem to like him. Um, I would just monitor, like, how that looks going, kind of moving forward, and if he starts to grow into grow into that role. Yeah, I agree. I, I, there's a really good chance that he's the wide receiver one to end the season. I just think Tyrell to, to open the season yep. um, while Amon Ra, Yu-Gi-Oh! gets his feet wet. <laughs> um, <laughs> the Raiders did release wide receiver John Brown. We talked about this last night. Um, by to, his request. By his request, exactly. I think that was because he didn't. He, he knew that he was not going to be the starter and he didn't want to not be starting, I, I think. Yeah. Um, this confirms that Brian Edwards is going to play that role. Um, Nelson Aguilar last year... That was Nelson Aguilar's role last year, the wide receiver one on the team, and he wasn't a, a great fantasy asset, but he was a solid wide receiver three, a solid flex option. And Brian Edwards is going to be that this year. And again, I took him at, at, towards the end of our draft last night. Yeah, I mean Aguilar turned that into like eleven million dollars a year from the Patriots, so credit to him. Um, are is, are Edwards and um, Rugs close in your rankings? Um, if you recall, uh, Ruggs is outside of my top 48 Okay, and Edwards is in it. I know that. Okay. You? It's very close for me. I've, I'm looking now, I have Edwards at 53, so a little bit lower than you. I still like Edwards, but there's other guys ahead of him I would rather draft and Ruggs is at 61. So there's a, a bit of a gap there, but Ruggs is still a talented player. I, I don't, we seem to forget him a little bit because the Edwards hype has been so great and I just don't think there can really be two receivers that produce in that offense i'm okay with edwards being the gamble there but it wouldn't surprise me if rugs with all this talent and he's still very very young ends up being the one you want in that offense as well yep wayne gallman running back um was waived by the 49ers and then promptly picked up by the atlanta falcons um after they did that the falcons then released quadri olison who had been the the RB2. So Wayne Gallman is the RB2 in Atlanta behind Mike Davis um, is, is the takeaway there. I guess there's also implications for the San Francisco running backs, Trey Sermon and Raheem Mostert and Jermichael Hasty and Jeff Wilson. But It's like 17 running backs instead of 18 now in, yeah, that, in that room. Yeah, we already knew that it was a crowded running back room. This <laughs> yeah. doesn't really change anything. Yeah. Um, but I think Wayne Gallman might have a lot of value this year as the RB2 in Atlanta. That's possible. It's a little worry for my... For my Mike Davis side of my bet with uh, with Ian over over Edmonds. Yeah, I mean, uh, Goldman's definitely better than Olison. Yeah, I think so. Um, so, someone you can think about targeting at the end of your draft. I, I thought about taking him in the fifteenth round when I took Larry Roundtree, um, but you know, also a name to keep your eye on on waivers. Maybe a good deep bench add in in in, uh, in Dynasty. Mm-hmm. Last piece of news for um, roster changes: Robbie Anderson was extended. 
um, on a two-year two deal, two I believe. Year. So he was extended for two years in Carolina. Pretty rich, too. I think it's like 12 a year or something yeah, like that. Yeah, something like that. Um, so he got paid, which is, I mean, shout out to Robbie A. I've always been a big fan of Robbie A. You know that since, since his Jets days. And um, to me, this hurt Terrace Marshall just a little bit. I was really excited. I, I thought that Robbie was not going to be on the team next year, which would have made Terrace Marshall the more valuable clear yeah clear clearly the the wide receiver two if not one on the team behind DJ Moore or ahead of DJ Moore um I think it's just a little bit harder for Terrace to to break out with DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson ahead of him um no immediate impact for this year though I don't think yeah, and I think DJ Moore's rookie rookie uh, option got picked up too. So this is at least two more years of Terrence having to fight with Robbie and Moore for playing time. A little bit of a, of a downgrade from a dynasty perspective. Yeah, and Loki, this is one of the best receiving cores in the NFL. Yeah, yeah. Without getting a whole lot of 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 um of like news as well too. It's just not. It's it's underrated. Yep. Two more pieces of news i guess you could call it that i wanted to talk about really it's just sort of i've seen a lot of preseason headlines about these two guys so i wanted to talk about it um jamar chase has been bad and zach wilson has been really good um which do you want to start with mm, let's save the best for last i'll talk about jamar chase first okay um yeah i mean chase was was so wide rookie wide receiver for the Bengals. he was drafted at fi- fifth overall i think so drafted at fifth overall um, we expected him to be the best wide receiver of the class, and right now it's looking a little murky. He just hasn't had a good preseason. Um, the 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 hype train is has has died down on him. Yeah, I, I'm not going to talk about too much this too much because there's a prediction coming up that I that relates to this. But yeah, it's going in the wrong direction for Chase right now, generally. Yeah, and I'm avoiding him in drafts right now. Mm-hmm. There's, I mean. To be clear, there's a certain round at which I would take him, maybe seventh or eighth. I'd, I'd definitely consider, but right now in the fifth or sixth, um, I'm out. I have Jamar Chase at wide receiver 38. Oh, geez, let me see. I have Chase at wide receiver 39. Jesus Christ, that's yep. crazy. He was he was in my top 24 when we first made the rankings. Yeah. Um, T. Higgins is the wide receiver to own there, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, Zach Wilson getting a ton of hype. Zach Wilson's been really, really good. Did, did someone, did Romo say he's going to be yeah. an MVP candidate in like three to four years or something? Yeah, something like that. He, Romo was saying he thinks that he's going to be Mahomes. Oh, that's what it was. Wow. No pressure, kid. Yeah. I know. Um, look, like I, we've talked about this a little bit already too. Corey Davis is a guy we love. The connection seems to be there. And if Wilson can get Corey Davis the ball on a consistent basis, Corey Davis is my wide receiver 31 in my rankings. I doubt he is, sorry, yeah, 31 in my rankings. I doubt he is that from an ADP standpoint. I think the path to Corey Davis outperforming his ADP is very possible, if not likely at this point. Yeah, I I also, to be clear, I'm, I'm also high on Corey Davis. I do just want to caveat, like, Jameson Crowder is still there. They're still going to use him. Elijah Moore is going to get better as the season progresses. Seems like they're targeting Tyler Croft a little bit. So I think Corey Davis will have a good start to the season. Um, but he's probably a guy who will get worse as the season progresses, I think. Um, but I could be wrong there. I don't know. And also, like, it's hard to decondition myself to fade all Jets. But Yeah, I, the one 
response there I'll say is I think Crowder and and Moore cannibalize themselves from a volume standpoint. Corey Davis, I think, has a pretty solid role there, and I don't expect a guy like Mims or, or anyone else on the roster to challenge for that alpha wide receiver. Fair. All right, that actually does it for our news update. Um, that was a lot. Um, but the second half of the show is a lot more fun. We are getting into our bold predictions. Bold predictions. Bold people. predictions for the 2021 fantasy season. Chandler and I thought about it, and we said, you know, we wanted to to sort of plant our it flag. Up. Yeah, spice it up now before and and we're this is documented it's recorded yes we are going to know right here right now god how accurate we are and we can look back on this in you know december late december or whatever um early january whenever the season ends and see how right we are yeah so let's get into it uh do you want to start yeah i can go first um we talked about this player a little bit but I think Marquez Callaway will be a solid wide receiver too until Michael Thomas returns. After that, I think Marquez Callaway will be anything at all. But we've seen the connection there. There was two beautiful touchdown passes uh, and, and very good receptions as well too from Winston to, to Callaway. Callaway is a huge bump for me with Winston being in the starter. I think he's going to be a player you can slot into your wide receiver two slot and preferably and and certainly for his for his cost at this point your flex and that will be what your what your deal is until thomas returns in week seven yeah um i like it i especially like it for my dynasty roster where i have marcus Callaway. <laughs> so um yeah we'll see yeah my first bold prediction is, and I've talked about it on the show before, is that CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper will both be top 12 receivers for fantasy this year. I love both of these guys. I'm all in on the Cowboys. Um, I just believe that they can do it. I do, I, right now, I have them back-to-back in my rankings. I have CeeDee Lamb one spot ahead. I don't feel super confident that that will be the case, but I do feel super confident that they will both be incredible. Yeah, I, this is also good for my. I have a lot of cowboy exposure this year as well too, so need uh, need the uh, Dallas to do well. All right, so we just mentioned this, which is really why I didn't want to go spend too much time about the Jamar Chase, uh, you know, trending where he's going. I think Devontae Smith finished as the top rookie wide receiver this season, and this is less about Smith and really more about Jamar. Um, there is the reputation or the or the buzz right now that he's having trouble getting separation in camp i do think it's going to take burrow a little bit to get back i do think he will be back to full to full go at some point this season but it could be a bit of a slow start for this offense um just across the board for jamar t and and tyler boyd and and maybe even for mixon as well too depending on just how how well this offense moves to start so i i, I like devonta i think i like devonta more than than perhaps you do i think he is just going to be the guy to own that offense by by volume and just by attrition kind of and i think when it's all set and done he will finish the season better than jamar does yeah i should really adjust my rankings for Devonte smith probably he, he's probably too low in my rankings he, he's he's really really good and i'm 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 starting to be unconcerned by the weight issue which is really the only knock against him and i guess the other knock is that jalen hurts is not a great thrower of the ball yeah i'll talk about that in a, in a little bit but I, if, if you want to consider the the injury thing i think that is a fair factor to mull from a dynasty perspective i don't we really do not project injuries 
in in redraft leagues there are certainly players that are injury prone and we consider that but Devonta Smith is not had a history of an unhe- as an unhealthy player as far as I know yeah and the weight is not a concern if the if the DBs can never touch him that's true um okay my second bold prediction for the 2021 fantasy season is my guy TJ Hawkinson finishes as a top three tight end <sighs> spicy look I know that it's spicy and I know that this would mean that he has to finish ahead of one of Kelsey, Kittle, or Waller, but I really, really believe that he will. I think Hawkinson is going to be so freaking good for fantasy this year, and I'm so mad that you have him in API, and I'm so mad that I don't have him in Dynasty, Ian has him, <laughs> and I hate that I don't have any TJ Hawkinson right now, but I'm so in on, on TJ, um, and I, I truly believe that he'll finish as a top three tight end. What do you think the... So can you give me the top five right now in season? So after to, the season? to be clear, this is not what my rankings say. Okay. But at the end of the season, I would project that it will be Kelsey Waller, Hawkinson. So Kittle would be the, the bump down. Um, so Kittle is the four, and then probably Andrews is five. Okay. Yeah, I don't hate that. Okay. Sticking with the tight ends here, I think Tyler Higby finishes as tight end six this season. And this, I think, is a, this is a bold prediction from an ADP standpoint. We checked, I checked uh, ESPN's draft trends before we uh, started recording. Tyler Higby is going as tight end fourteen. So, that is so wrong. criminal, so people. Wrong. That is criminal. Screw you, Matthew Berry. Yeah, I have. <laughs> I kind of like Matthew Berry. Matthew um, Berry, the fantasy life app by Matthew Berry. Yeah. Um, let's not promote other, <laughs> okay, other sorry, uh, fantasy sorry. options. Um, <laughs> it's just this podcast. Um, <laughs> I have Tyler Higby as tight end seven in my rankings right now, so this isn't really that bold a prediction from a from a my ranking standpoint. I think he hops over um, over Pitts, which is the the difference there, um, and why I have him as a, as a six. But we've talked a lot about Higby and this offense in general as well too. Attach yourself to this offense. Attach yourself to a good quarterback like Matthew Stafford. Yes, Cooper Cup, and we expect Robert Woods to eat the season, but. Tyler Higby also got a bump when, when Akers went down, too. Akers is a really good pass catcher, and, and someone needs to take on some of that short yardage work. Tyler Higby has shown that propensity that in past seasons, and I think the volume now is there for the first time with Gerald Everett being gone. Yep. Higby is also my tight end seven, for the record. Um, I, it, I think it's very possible that Pitts takes a little bit longer to materialize yeah. from a value standpoint than, than we're projecting. Yeah, 100%. Um, I love it. And another guy that i'm upset that i don't have any exposure to right now shout out rob shout out to rob and ian also has Higby. Oh, ian took both of my tight ends in dynasty i was pissed um okay another one of my guys for my number three for my, for my third bold prediction for the 2021 fantasy season ryan fitzpatrick finishes as a top eight quarterback um this is so doable he was a top eight quarterback last year with the Finns until Tua took over, um, which was through six weeks, which is not the, the largest sample size, but it's not the smallest either. No. Um, Fitzpatrick, I talked about it already. He is perennially un- undervalued. He will be a QB1 this season, and I'm saying that he will be as high as a top eight quarterback. Yeah, I we've talked about this already, that uh, that I'm, I'm in on this take. I think eight's probably a little high for me, but this was a late-round quarterback that I was targeting. I didn't... I. I Stafford fell to me, and Stafford's my guy, so I took him in the draft yesterday, but certainly would have been a guy I've been looking at if I had skipped out on Stafford. All right. 
the um what is it for the 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 spice rankings? Is it the Scoble? Are that, are, is that the <laughs> units? Yeah. It's the Scoble no, units Sco- are wait, Scoville, I think. Scoville. Scoville. Whatever, however you measure how hot a pepper is. Go are, watch. Are go watch thing. Hot Ones. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> and then come back to this podcast, yeah. and you'll understand. <laughs> yeah. Whatever that unit is or that scale is is increasing right now. I have Jalen Hurts finishing outside the top twelve at QB this Ew. season. Yeah, I know this is going to be an unpopular one on this podcast. So here's the argument. We talked about how rushing QBs are a cheat code. And what we really mean by that, to take that a step further, is rushing QBs have an awesome floor because one 10 rushing yards is the same point value in a standard scoring as 25 passing yards. And I think that Jalen Hurts has a fine floor. But that floor of him rushing, I think, gets him into that QB 15-ish range. I am so, so worried about this offense in general that I think it is very possible that Hurts does not pass enough and this offense does not score enough points. They do not move the ball well enough for him to break into that into that QB QB 12 and above range. Again, I think Hurts is a fine, a fine quarterback. He has that floor. And if you want to take the shot and be a little bit riskier, I think that there, he's a valid quarterback to take. But there are guys going around him like Stafford and Tannehill that I would much rather target because of their situation and because of what they offer and because they've shown it as well. I so I so strongly disagree with this take. I I, I have some stats. Um, Jalen Hurts is the only player in NFL history to throw for 300-plus passing yards and run for 60-plus rushing yards twice in his rookie season, and he's started just three full games. He averaged 11.5 rushing attempts per game in his four starts. That's more than any other quarterback. He the he can finish in the top five so easily. He the upside is there. I am also worried about the the offense, but if Jalen Hurts takes a step up in year two, he can be so good for fantasy. I'm not. I, mean, this is a, I know this is a bold prediction. I'm not it. saying the upside isn't there, Miles. That's that's not the argument here. I know, but I. There are there are very easily, if I look at my list, 12 quarterbacks you can finish ahead of him. And this is like if Trey Lance and Justin Fields end up as starting earlier than we expect, perhaps, then this, this prediction gets less bold by the minute. I, I think that those are, if, you, if I knew that those guys were going to be starting the entire season, I'd have to consider those guys ahead of Hurts in my rankings as well, too, probably. It's, it's fair. Uh, can, we put that, can we put this on the board? I'm, I'm fine with this one. Top are, we, are we putting bold predictions on the board? This one. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, talk, we'll talk more about this after the, after the podcast. All right? No, let's lock this in. <sighs> all right, fine. Jalen Hurts outside the top 12. Okay, I'm taking inside the top 12. All right. Okay, lock it in. Lock it in. Put it on the board. Um, okay, I will, stick, I will stick with the Eagles offense for this one. Uh, my bold prediction is that Miles Sanders finishes outside of the top 24 running backs. Um, do you mind checking his ADP while I talk about this? Yeah. But I think that he, Miles Sanders, like, we're worried about this offense. Miles Sanders is not going to get the passing work. They like Boston Scott. They like Kenneth Gainwell. Um, can, we, can we call Boston, I, I know I always call Boston Scott Beantown Scott. Can we call him Dirty Water Scott? <laughs> <laughs> we'll, have to check, we'll have to check with Andrew on that one, I think, probably. Dirty Water Scott is going to take all of the passing work from Miles Sanders, as will Kenny Gainwell. And I just don't really believe in Miles Sanders anymore. I, I like his talent, but I just don't believe in, in him from a fantasy perspective. Um, 
Did you have his ADP? I have, yeah. For reference, Sanders is going as RB17. That's 39.2 right now. Yeah, so, I mean, RB17 is just way too high for me. There there are so many other That's like Montgomery, that have, Chris Carson range. Yeah, I'd rather have James Robinson there. I'd rather, I'd rather have Gus Edwards. I'd probably even rather have Mike Davis. You know, I'd probably rather have Javante Williams for the upside. I'm just very worried about Miles Sanders. Um, the second half of this bold prediction is that is I, I felt like I had I needed to replace him um, in the top 24. My bold prediction here is that Naeem Hines finishes inside the top 24. Hines is not someone that we've talked about, and I don't think that he's talked about enough. He's a late-round running back. Get him in the ninth round or, or something along those lines. He can have a ton of production this year. He was a top 24 back last year, to be clear. Yeah. Um, he's going to get a, pa- a ton of passing work, and behind a good O-line on a good offense, sign me up. Is that to the detriment of Taylor, or do those players exist as valuable players in parallel he's they they definitely both exist as valuable players but he's going to eat into the passing work um but that is already accounted for in that's my good rankings i'm, I'm so glad you're coming around to my taylor. argument with jonathan taylor not being as high as a uh, as you guys are. yeah i mean he that is already accounted for in, in my rankings All right. um and i don't we might be pretty even on jonathan taylor no he's, i know i know yeah. but i had to defend i defend that take on yeah. the uh, on the mock trial podcast yeah, fair enough all right, last one here, and we've gone through the roof. We're in, we're in ghost pepper territory from a, from a prediction standpoint. Carolina Reaper. <laughs> very, very appropriate for this for this prediction as well, too. All right, I have Sam Darnold ends the season as the waiver wire quarterback to own, meaning he first oh my with God. top 12. Sam Darnold's in Carolina. Yes. Sam the Carolina oh, Reaper. Carolina Darnold. Reaper. Oh, let's wow. go. <laughs> that one's way better than, than Dirty go. Water, Scott. <laughs> I want to make a note of that kind of somewhere. Um, all right. Here's the argument. It's it's twofold. We, one we mentioned already, Darnold has perhaps the most underrated group of weapons in the entire NFL. He has Robbie, who we both love. He has DJ Moore, who, from a talent standpoint, I absolutely love. A little bit lower on him from fantasy. That's more about the uncertainty in his offense than anything else. And Robbie also t- potentially continuing to take a step forward. He has... On top of that, the single best running back for a quarterback in the entire NFL. I, Miles, is that true? Is there yeah, any yeah, other no, quarterback? Or is there any other running back you'd rather have attached to your quarterback no. than McCaffrey? No. So the the weapons are there, and I have always been and continue to be a believer in Sam Reynolds' talent. He was taken, I think, as a top three, if, yeah, I'm, if I remember correctly, pick, and that was praised by analysts and you know kind of the talking heads when that happened i am a believer in the gaze effect we've seen it already with with uh with ryan Tannehill. if donald ends up playing up to his potential and his talent and that Tannehill kind of progression and growth happens there is no reason why he cannot flirt with with top 12 value and we have not seen it a lot but Sam Darnold came out of college as a mobile quarterback as well too. He didn't get to use that because he was so under fire constantly uh, when he was when he was on the Jets. And yes, this line is not really one that you want to target from a you know what are the better lines to be behind in the NFL. But if if Darnold is able to also show some of that ability, that mobility, then again, I think this just adds to the case of he could be a top twelve quarterback. Yeah, and I don't. I feel like we've mentioned what the Gase effect is, but we haven't explained what the Gase effect is. Yeah. So, Adam Gase used to be the head coach for the Jets until he was fired um, after two years. Way too long. Two, yeah, way far too long. As soon as he was signed, he should have been fired. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, that press conference was a dumpster <laughs> fire to start, and we, we went downhill from there. Everyone knew that it was gonna, it was not gonna work out. Yeah. Um, Adam Gase before the, before coaching for the Jets, he was coaching for the Dolphins. Yep. Um, and essentially, that entire team was really bad when Gase was the head coach, and then Gase left, and they all went on to be really good. So Ryan Tannehill was was in this category. Kenyon Drake was in this category. Devontae Parker was in this category. Um, even Kalen Balage had some value on the Chargers last year and yeah. was bad on the Dolphins. So essentially when we mentioned the Gase effect, it's that all of these Jets players that he just coached and, and made really bad might be really good now without Gase. Yeah. And Darnold is, is probably the prime candidate for that. Yes. And actually that's a good point as well too. I like Matt Rule. I think he is a, a good NFL coach uh, and just one more feather in the cap here for this argument. Yeah. I'm, I'm rooting for this to be true. Um, my final bold prediction for the 2021 fantasy season is that rookie running back Javante Williams finishes as a top eight running back over the second half of the season. So this is week 10 on. I'm projecting him to be a top eight running back. I love Javante Williams. I think that his role is going to only increase throughout the season, um, and nothing is stopping him from being a monster other than a potential injury, which is the case for everyone, as we mentioned. So um, super high on Javante. Yeah, me too. I'm... I'm- I'm hopeful that uh, Javante ends up with this role moving forward. All right. That'll do it for our, our bold predictions for the 2021 fantasy season. Uh, who's your, who's locking a Super Bowl prediction right now? <laughs> um, well, I went to Vegas a couple, a couple months ago for a bachelor party and tossed some money down on the, uh, on the Cowboys and oh, right. they're, they're trending in a direction I like. I'm not sure I'm quite as confident anymore, but, uh, yeah, you know, give me the give me the Cowboys, I guess. Wow. Um, all right, I will take the. Uh, I'm gonna take the Colts. <sighs> Andrew's gonna be really happy about that. If I I said it at the very beginning of the of of the podcast, if Wentz is just all right, this could be a Super Bowl winning team. Yeah, that's possible. It's very possible. All right. Well, you heard it here first. Um, Colts versus Cowboys in the Super Bowl. Bowl. <laughs> Spend all your money on that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, and thank us if you yeah. get it right, but don't don't tell blame us. us if, yeah, if yeah, you did yeah, not. yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, our next episode is going to be our first in-season podcast, football on Thursday, which I'm so excited for. I hope you are too. You can check us out on uh, Instagram at Dirty Water Fantasy, Twitter at Dirty Water FF, Facebook Dirty Water Fantasy. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all of the platforms are at anchor.fm slash dirtywaterfantasy. Anything else to add? Football's back. Good luck with the 2021 season. If you have not drafted yet, um, best of luck and, and go back and listen to our other episodes. Yeah. If you have drafted, um, good luck. Set your lineups. Don't forget to take your... If, if you have any players playing on Thursday, it's the Cowboys versus Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay. If you have any Bucks or Cowboys, make sure that they are not in your flex. You don't want Thursday players in your flex because you 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 do not you want that flexibility come Sunday if there are any last minute injuries or anything like that, and we can talk about that more in season. Um, but make sure you set your lineups and let's get some W's for Week One. Yeah. If you're done with your draft, in-season roster management starts now. So don't don't set it and forget it. Manage manage your team. Hundred percent. Be active on waivers. Um, make trades if you think that that's worthwhile right now, and um, we'll help you through it along the way. We'll be here. 
Thank you so much for listening. We love you as always. Thanks, everyone. You're feeding them lies, feeding them lies, while you're dying inside, dying inside. Oh!